mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Sean with a WN, how are you? Seen like Bean, how are you? No, it's Thursday, one more day of work left. We're almost there. Almost, almost. And uh, we have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's been, and I'm, I'm walking on the street almost out of my housing track. I, I walked outside for a second and it's super loud. Um, yeah, I know. It's been like unexpectedly the dead time of the year. All of a sudden things pick back up with a vengeance like over a two week span. So didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, not at all. And uh, with that, I will welcome all of our listeners to the Silicon Theory Podcast. I am Sean, your host and moderator, and with me dialing in from Parts Unknown, a.k.a. Placentia, California, Sean P. That's it. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what was uh, interesting and what wasn't interesting from IFA 2018. Um We'll have a lot of uh, mobile device, mobile phone news, obviously, but um, a couple of other things that were of interest. So uh, I was thinking for the phones, we could maybe talk about what was uh, least interesting or which device was least interesting to most interesting. Does that sound like a reasonable plan? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to decide in my head what's the least interesting. Yeah, go. Go, go. Let's do it. And then maybe at the end we can talk about uh, anything else from the show that uh, maybe caught your eye, like, I don't know, an 8K QLED television from Samsung. Uh, you know, I really only focus on the phone stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, if I won the lottery, I think I'd buy one of those TVs. Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking at TechRadar's uh, article right now, and it says, LG launches world's first 8K OLED, but you probably can't afford it. I mean, by probably, if they mean definitely, I think they're I think they're in the right place. <laughs> probably true. So <laughs> let, me, uh, let me hit you with my list, not necessarily in the order of interest, but let me hit you with my list and then we can, um, then you can tell me if you think that I missed anything and then we can start with what we liked and what we didn't like. So yeah, let's do it. I have the Motorola One and One Power, the uh, Sony Xperia XZ3, the HTC U12 Life, but in my recap I spelled Life L-Y-F-E because it, it makes that phone more interesting. The Honor Play, the ZTE Axon 9 Pro, the LG G7 One, and uh, the Fit, uh, although the Fit technically exists, we're probably not going to talk about it. And then the BlackBerry Key 2 LE, and then the Mate 20 Lite, and then we can maybe talk a little bit about the announcement for the Mate 20, even though they're going to have a separate, uh, Huawei's going to have a separate uh, event a little bit later on in October for that phone. So, um, yeah, we can, talk about the, we can talk about the Kirin 980, though. That's yeah. probably worthy of some discussion. Absolutely. So what did I miss? You got anything on your list that I missed? Uh, I would say the, the Xiaomi Mi Mix 3, we may want to toss in there. It did not make an official appearance, but... Uh, I think like right after the Honor keynote, the uh, CEO of Xiaomi, you know, 
tweeted a picture of the phone because they're similar in a lot of ways and I think to like upstage them a little bit so I love that kind of cold-blooded mentality we can talk about that and he's like hey notice anything in this picture oh wait we've got 5g already what's up pretty pretty much yeah it was pretty ballsy I gotta tell you it was definitely an upstaging moment so man those Chinese OEMs are cutthroat all right what do you? Uh, what would you say? What phone of that list were you least interested in? And like you have, oh hey, they announced a phone. I have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. So I would say first and foremost are the Motorola phones, uh, for for a couple of reasons. I'm not really huge on. I'll focus on like you know we we have this like upper mid range phones, which I guess now encompasses the One Plus, and you might be able to even toss the um, the Z9 in there, the ZTE phone, excuse me, but. Uh, the Motorola phones are just kind of these, like, I don't know, iPhone X clone with medium-ish specs, and I, I, I don't know. Can you get excited about these at all? Is there anything interesting to you? Uh, well, first of all, um, I'll preface this by apologizing in advance. If anybody hears any chewing sounds, because I'm eating animal cookies left over from my kid's dinner. Um, well, if, if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Absolutely. absolutely. Are they are they like the old school animal cookies, or are they the frosted ones that are especially terrible for you? No, the no, pink and I, white ones? no, no, the old school ones that oh, basically okay. taste like nothing. So, uh, yeah, the the I mean, other than the fact that they're differentiating these devices by calling one of them the one and calling the other one the One Power, a device which will only be available in India, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and, and as you said, they look virtually indistinguishable from a distance from the iPhone 10. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I don't think anything that Motorola is doing is interesting these days. Like I was really trying to hit up our contact at Motorola for uh, a Z3 to see if we could maybe get one in house to review it. And then I thought to myself, why? What would be the point? Like we're not going to use the 5G mod and otherwise that phone is really not good. And the one in one power basically took its place in things that I'm not interested in. So, uh, yeah, Motorola, like they felt like we talked about a lot of the OEMs kind of phoning the year in and Motorola is amongst the worst offenders to me. In fact, they didn't even bother to make a flagship phone. At least the others pretended to try. But, um, besides like, is the G, is the G6 their newest G? I think it's the G6. Yes. Yeah, the G6 looks really interesting. And I, I still think in that space, like the $300 less space, it's the best value. It's an insanely good phone in that price point overall. Pro the best phone in that price point probably in my eyes. But other than that, every one of their other phones, everything else they did this year, at best is a giant shrug. And at worst is like, why bother? Uh, and in an industry that's pretty cutthroat and fast-moving, why did Lenovo buy Motorola if this is what they were going to do with them? I have absolutely no idea, and I agree with you that I think Motorola is putting out some good, really low-end phones, and maybe their goal at going at IFO was basically to say, hey, we've got some really cool um, uh, cost-effective devices we're going to be putting out there for you know second and third world markets like India and Brazil and a few other European countries where Motorola is still really popular, but... Otherwise, if I was at IFA and I saw them at a booth, I'd just keep walking. Yeah, I, I wouldn't bother. And it's just, Motorola may not be wrong here, though. They can't really compete in a high-end space anymore. True. No one can. We've talked True. about this before. It, it, it's No one's beating Samsung. No one's beating Apple. If there's going to be a third player, it's going to be Google in that top-end space. And LG's continued to struggle year after year. 
to kind of compete with those guys. HTC is now almost out of the picture, and Motorola was kind of in that same boat. And maybe, maybe to some extent, their strategy should be as stupid as this sounds of making like mid-range phones that like look like an iPhone and cost half as much for emerging markets. Maybe that is a more profitable path forward for them. I don't know. And it could be, but if they're not competing in the high-end market, then, and that's understandable because like we said, they, they really just can't compete. Doesn't, I mean, wouldn't you want to put some more innovation into just, Hey, let's put on an iPhone 10 clone. That's cheap. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I would have thought maybe they would try to innovate a little bit more. And maybe that was what they were trying to think with the Z3 and the 5G mods and stuff like that. But the mod stuff's probably dying anyway. So what what's really the point of that? Like I just, their their continued existence as a company just baffles me. Well, and at that price point, I guess the question is, do, do customers want innovation? Do they care? Or would they rather their phone look like an iPhone? Yeah, that's a fair point. Hey, look, I got an iPhone, except it's not. And I paid 350 for it. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question, but if I'm in India or China or some emerging market, that may be that may be fine. And again, the Z2 Force or whatever the hell it was called, Z2 Force, I think. I mean, it wasn't like they competed last year either. That's true. Like that phone came and went and was just gone. And part of that was because their cameras continue to be subpar compared to others. And Garbage. And they made that weird choice to have the tiny battery last year on their flagship model, which is yeah. usually a bad plan. But I mean, having said all that, Unbreakable screen. It had an unbreakable screen, but even that was like terrible, right? It's plastic, yeah. and if you look at it sideways, it scratches Scratch, the hell. Yeah. You scratch so it's the like, hell out of it. yeah, you have an unbreakable screen, but you have to put a glass screen protector on top of it to use it, which is fine because the screen's still not going to break. So I still think that is kind of a cool thing, and there's some utility there. And we're about to see a real like renaissance of this too, because all these folding phones are going to be plastic yep. for the screen. So. They were kind of ahead of the game there. I'll give them credit, but customers just shrugged. They don't. They didn't want it. Motorola. The last. I can't remember the last, like really relevant Motorola flagship. Was it the Droid? I mean, is that how far back we're going? Are we talking 2012? Oh, man, flagship. Yeah, probably. Like their their mid range phones are definitely better than our flagships. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you're you know if you're competing for six years bleeding money and you're not selling anyway, I guess what the hell. So yeah, their phones aren't interesting. I don't quite understand the strategy. I don't know why Lenovo bought them, but yeah, I just it's a big shrug for me. Yeah, and that's definitely as much time as we need to spend on Motorola. So next for me in terms of least interesting is actually a tie, uh, and it's the a tie between the U12 Life again spelled L Y F E and the BlackBerry Key2LE, and here's why. For me, Motor, uh, Motorola, for me, HTC is not only out of ideas, they are also probably out of money, and again, probably in the interest of full transparencies, it is extremely unlikely that any of these phones we're gonna talk about are gonna come to the US. So once HTC runs out of money, uh, I think Google's gonna buy them, and they're gonna turn them into Google uh, East, and HTC will go, oh, thank God, we don't have to pretend that we know what we're doing with smartphones anymore. So I don't want to spend too much time on HTC either because they're a dying company, but I'll say this for them. I actually don't hate this phone. I think for once it's priced kind of where it should be for HTC. They'd have this problem where they would come out with like a mid-range phone and try to charge $600 for it. It's like, yeah, you can die in a fire, right? Yeah. But, um, this phone doesn't cost that much. I forget what this, it, it doesn't directly translate because it's not been released in the United States as far as I know. But I remember seeing that the price was not out of hand. And I will give them some credit too. I actually like the design on the back. It's got that two-tony, it kind of reminds me of a Pixel 
um, one in some ways. It has like that top, is the top section metal, it's like a metal glass combo, right? But it's kind of got this shimmery two-tone look on the back that I don't hate. I think it's kind of interesting looking, so. Yeah, it kind of reminded me, it, it does look like the original Pixel. Yeah, the original Pixel 1, yeah. Yeah, and it did remind me a little bit of the, the what was it, the, the P20 that had kind of that two... Like that really cool iridescent um, back looking thing. Yeah, that fade. Yeah, yeah. That, the color yeah. fade thing. No, and it says the, let's see, uh, U12 life price is set at 299 pounds, uh, 349 euros. Sim free, which puts it into the competition with the Honor 9, the Xperia XA2 Ultra, and the G6 Plus. And, you know, in terms yeah. It, yeah, I don't know. I think it, I think it competes okay at that price in that range. Yeah, I think it's funny that again, Tech Radar says, "Hey, uh, U12 Life Review, HTC could be about to break its mid-tier mediocrity." Does that sound like a ringing endorsement for that phone? No, and and again, look. I just read HTC's revenue is down fifty percent year over year last month. The HTC Ouch. Twelve Plus is a flop. They haven't been making money. They haven't had a hit product since I can remember. So I agree with you. They're they're on their way out, or they're on their way to be acquired by someone probably more likely. I think you're right. But yeah, this phone in of itself, you know, it's it's funny if they had done this same strategy three years ago, four years ago, we may be having a different conversation. Absolutely, uh, if, I if agree. Get me to your phone at that price with that design. Yeah, I think they move some units, but uh, yeah, and yeah. it's kind of sad because the. Um, the HTC 10 and the U11 were both, you know, pretty good phones, and they just they suffered because HTC wanted a grip and a half of money for them, and they were not competing on the same playing field as anything from Samsung, anything from Apple, or quite quite relatively speaking, anything from Google. The first uh, the first two Pixel devices would smash these things in a heartbeat. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of a bummer for HTC, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, not ever having to worry about them ever again. The and I wonder, I wonder if we'll even see another flagship out of them. It'll be interesting next year to see. I, I have to imagine we may see one more like death. <laughs> you know, he, the death row of HTC. Yeah, well, one more maybe, but yeah, they're in trouble. And then I was going to ask you, if you do you want to make a fearless prediction on whether or not we'll actually see that phone? I think we'll see one more phone from them. Wow. I think we'll see one more flagship next year. You are brave. I don't man. know. Very I don't brave. know. I, I'm not sure how good it's going to be. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I it, think they have the same. They're going to have the same problem they had this year. It, it may be a shell with a ham, it may be a shell with a hamster inside. We don't know. Yeah, the other phones are so good. It's just it's hard for them to break out and with no carrier presence. It's it's damn near suicidal. But man, yeah, let's see what they come out with. I don't know. Speaking, I think one more. Speaking of phones that aren't that good, you want to talk about the BlackBerry Key2LE? No, nah, I really don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, I would actually put it even lower than the HTC. This was one of those phones where it was like, they announced a sequel, and I'm like, I didn't even know there was a first one. I mean, that's not entirely accurate. I, I have seen pictures of it, but I'm trying to remember the last BlackBerry I cared about, and it's, And you again, can't remember? Well, it's like talking about, you know, when we were just talking about oh, Motorola's last phone that mattered was in 2012. I feel like BlackBerry's about that same time frame. So here's I did see it. Here's Don't T care at all. Here's TCL strategy with the BlackBerry Key2 LE. Uh, hey, we overpriced the Key2, and uh, we heard that you wanted a uh, cheaper phone. So we pulled out all the good parts, 
we put in less RAM, a shittier processor, and we cheaped up on the materials to make it light and even less premium feeling than the Key 2. And uh, we'll knock 100 bucks off for you. There you go. How about that? So what, what I would say to that is they heard wrong. I was never interested ever under any circumstances. <laughs> oh, and by Moving the way, we, we, cut the, uh, we cut the battery also on it. And we, and we ruined the camera, which is uh, the front-facing camera is still a 8-megapixel but uh, they dropped the rear camera to a 13 and 5 megapixel camera. This is, um, by the way, this is 2018, and we have dual cameras that one of them features a 5 megapixel camera. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I kind of said a minute ago, I think uh, I, I don't care at all about anything Rim does. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry, I'm tr I, I wish I could care. I'm trying to care, and maybe someday they'll actually make a compelling phone again. This ain't that. I think AHA uh, had a recent, not a recent song, but sometime in the last like 20 years, a song uh, titled I Wish I Cared. That's basically how I feel about TCL and the Blackberry. Did you just really say that AHA had a recent song? Did I just, I just want to be clear. By, 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 by recent, I meant sometime <laughs> after the year 2000. <laughs> as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I'm like, wait a minute, I remember that song from the show Smallville, and that show hasn't been on the air in like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, boy, recent, I mean, isn't Tom Weller an ARP now? I mean, like... <laughs> yeah, he, he might actually be. Hey, yeah, but I'm if you say sad. a single bad word about my Canadian love interest, Kristen Crook, I will drive over to your house right now and beat you savagely. No, no, she played Chun-Li. I'm down. Cool. All right, so that leaves us with... Sony. You think the XZ3 is less interesting than, like, the Axon 9 Pro or the Honor Play? Oh, no, I didn't pay attention to the Axon 9 Pro. You're... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> wow. We can... We... Well, okay. Well, here's what I know about the Axon 9 Pro. Uh, the last Axon was kind of like a cold hit. I thought it was a pretty good deal. It had the AMOLED screen, the dual front-facing speakers. It had the flagship specs. It was relatively expensive. So I was like, oh, I like this phone. And then they had that you know, mild trouble with the government where we banned them temporarily, right? <laughs> where they couldn't sell phones. They were sanctioned into oblivion. Yes. And then they that, got that unsanctioned into oblivion. And their first product back on the market is like, Again, it's ugly, notched phone that doesn't stand out at all for me. It, it's all of the charm and upside and kind of everything of the Axon 7 for me are lost in this phone. So, like, I feel like the market's moved forward. Their brand is damaged almost beyond repair. So, who's buying this phone? So, here's what's good about it. It runs a Snapdragon 845. It's got six gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of internal storage, a 4,000 milliamp, uh, milliamp hour battery. It's got a 20 megapixel front-facing shooter that also carries face unlock software. And the rear camera is a 20 megapixel paired with a 12 megapixel. It will cost in Europe around 650 euros, which is roughly 750 US, even though it will very likely not come to the US. The front display is 6.21 inches AMOLED, and it has uh, maybe the biggest notch in any smartphone in terms of width I've ever seen. Does that sound so, right? So, okay. Again, the Axon 7 was the Axon 7 cost what 450 bucks, 499, 399. Uh, I want to say 499. Right. So at that price point, I think it competed pretty nicely at 700 dollars or whatever. There. Look, they're smoking crack. I mean, why would I? Why would I? 
real real quick, why would I buy this over a OnePlus Six ever under any circumstances? I was gonna oh, say I, I was definitely not gonna say smoking crack, but I was gonna go with out of their goddamn minds. But um, I, I I just don't see like this is. <laughs> That little niche that they were filling, that little mid-range price point with flagship everything, that is still a thing. But now their price is out of that range because their price, they're like near flagship level prices at that price point, right? Yep, um, and with the incentives and stuff that you can get on like a Galaxy 9, S9 or an S9 Plus or whatever, why would I buy that? Mm. I could probably literally get an S9 Plus for the same price as that. So, okay, where's my incentive? The S9 Plus does everything better. And then... That's not even taking into account as a CPU. It's like, it runs some jank skin. If I want stock Android, I would buy OnePlus 6, which is less expensive and established and a great freaking phone. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I literally didn't pay attention to it. Whereas I was a fan of the iPhone 7, but I just kind of saw this and went, eh. Who's buying this? I'm actually Where? not 100% convinced that if you were to buy the Axon 9 Pro, that you wouldn't immediately be arrested by the U.S. State Department. Yeah, I mean, I, I just said, Dan, if you want a phone, I can buy a OnePlus 6 for less money. So why would I buy this phone? Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I just, I, I don't, it has no place anymore. If, this, if the price point on this was $399 and it had all of the bands in the United States, okay. Now we're having a different conversation because it's less expensive. It has the big battery. You know what I mean? It has yeah. flagship specs. But yeah. that's not what's happening here. It's not even coming here as far as I know. And if it nope. was $650 plus, it's they shouldn't bring it here. It's pointless. No. No. They're not going to sell it in any market. Yeah, like you said, at $399 or you know, sub $400, you're kind of in the like Pocophone, Pocophone F1 territory where you're going, wow, this is a really kind of an amazing value for what I'm getting. Like you're really getting high-end prices and, or high-end specs, excuse me, without the high-end prices, and that makes it a compelling value. I, I don't know very many European people, but I bet you if I asked them, would you what would you rather spend your 650 euros on? It would not be on the Axon 9 Pro. No, I, I don't get it. So that's all I really have to say about it, and that's kind of why I ignored it. I think I literally looked at the price tag and went nope. DOA, moving on. <laughs> so I, even at four ninety nine, if it was four ninety nine unlocked and it had all of the bands and everything here, again, I think you could go. You know what? That's a lot of phone for the money. Maybe I will look at that, but it's it's not. This is all hypothetical exercise, and what it is is way too expensive. It's from a brand that's been severely tarnished, and it's just not offering anything where I would buy it yeah that's that's fair i think like you said if i was at the booth for 750 i keep walking for 500 i might stop and look at it under 400 yeah. bucks i'd definitely stop and look at it. that's kind of why i met with it too so we've got the to me maybe the three most interesting things which were left and it's going to sound kind of interesting because one of these is definitely not that interesting in terms of what the overall package presents but what it what its promise of or what it could be is kind of interesting to me so here are the three phones we haven't yet touched on the aforementioned xperia xz3 the honor play and the lg g7 one and i'll pretend that the g7 fit uh, exists momentarily because it was announced but i that phone as far as I'm concerned, does not exist. Uh, so we've got the basically the Huawei sub-brand Honor and the Honor Play. The next 
probably flagship question mark from Sony in the XZ3 and the G7 one which is basically a G7 with some toned down specs but now running Android one which of those is which of those is more interesting to you so my memory may not be serving we had the honor play but don't we didn't we also get the honor magic 2 wasn't that the big announcement I did not see any information on that so Okay, let's start there. Um, Magic. The Honor Play is fine. Um, I, I, you know, it's been a weird week for them because they got caught cheating on benchmarks once again. I saw that. Uh, and now they're like banned from 3D they're Mark and some other things. Delisted. Along, I think four total phones got delisted. Which I'm feeling like this. I'm having like flashbacks to 2013 where everyone was cheating on benchmarks and this was a thing. And it's like, I love their kind of limp dick explanation for this, which is, you know, everyone in China does it, so screw it, we're doing it too. And it's like, well, at least you're honest. Um, my favorite part I mean, was you're honest in your dishonesty. Um, my but, favorite uh, part was they said, "Well, we optimize all of our phones to run under specific load with certain conditions," and so UL, who makes the 3D benchmark said okay, and they got the phone, and they ran an internal variant of 3D Mark on it, which the phone couldn't recognize, and then the benchmark was much, much worse. And that's when Huawei admitted, oh yeah, basically, we're just we're just straight up bullshitting you. That's amazing. Well, I mean, Anantech, uh, Andreev, who's like my favorite super tech writer as far as uh, in-depth chip analysis, he caught this. He's kicking himself. I, I laughed. He he basically wrote, like, I noticed a weird variance when he was doing, I think, a review of the P20 Pro, and he, I think he just chalked it up to being something else, and now looking back, was like, yeah, it was clear they were doing this, and I just didn't catch it at the time, or wasn't paying close to no attention, no, whatever, no. but, um, so yeah, as I said, of the, of the Huawei phones, the one I was interested in is the Magic 2, which was, it's this, like, bezel-less, so, if you remember the um, Oppo Find X that had that motorized top section. How could I this, forget? Yeah, this was basically their version of that. So, it had a very tiny chin, no top bezel at all. And then, it was a slider design, but instead of being mechanical like the Find X, it was basically, you know, you, you manually, when you, move, when you move that back section up, the camera turns on for you to take a selfie or whatever if you need to, and... That was the one where I was kind of like, oh, that's an interesting device, because that's kind of what I'm looking for. That's what I wanted Samsung to do this year is something like bezel-less like that. Yeah. So that was that was the thing that really stood out from, you know, from their announcement to me was that phone. Um, and then hilariously, as I kind of alluded to earlier, man, it is a cutthroat industry because no, literally like as it was happening, so as they're announcing their new flagship to you know, coming out later this year, Xiaomi CEO tweets out a pic of the Mi Mix 3, which is basically that design with an even smaller chin, and same thing, like a manual slider, and it has 5G, and it's like, I think I saw Ice Universe, our cat overlord, um, basically saying, like, man, the Chinese industry is, like, cutthroat and freaking competitive. Like, it's so cold-blooded at the keynote as they're announcing something, you know, pretty new and pretty cool. A competitor tweets out a, a basically better version of that yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, and it's there's a lot of. I think the U.S. market kind of fails to appreciate how quickly um, some of those markets move, especially in Asia and in the Indian subcontinent. Like literally, there is a new smartphone announced like every week in India. Like Xiaomi and and their Redmi sub brand, and they're the ones that created the Poco phone as well. Like 
they're basically churning out phones. Like I'm surprised they don't have like the Redmi 42 because they have literally punched out so many versions of that phone. It's ridiculous. And that that is kind of, and I've heard this on several other podcasts, but that's kind of how the innovative and iterative process works in China and a lot of these other um, overseas markets where they're like, let's just start crunching out things, see what works, and then take that and put that into the next version, refine it, tweak it, and keep moving. And they're punching out phones like every quarter. It's ridiculous, but that's how you get things like the Find X where and the the Vivo Next where you get, you know, motorized cameras that are popping out of everywhere. Like that's freaking cool. I may not want it and I may not ever use it and those phones may never come to the United States anyways, but it's freaking cool. And that's what I think we expected to see from Samsung. Not necessarily, you know, popping, you know, shit popping off of your phone, but some kind of innovation. And what we got was, hey, we moved the fingerprint sensor. So, yeah, so again, just to piggyback off this, we can move, keep this moving along. But I like this design. I want to get in hand because I'm not sure what it's going to be like when you're actually opening and closing this all the time. Maybe it's going to be fragile. I can imagine having a case would be a problem as well. But this general idea of, you know, as I said, the Mi Mix 3 has virtually no chin, no top bezel, and then this kind of slider mechanism, I'm basically on board with it. I mean, I'd much rather have that than a notch. Uh, I, I understand people's okay. reluctance because of the fragility, but since it's not motorized, I actually think it's probably likely to stand up better than the Find X or the Vivo. Yeah, um, I can see that. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I guess this is part, we, we talked about it with a Note 9, this is why I'm disappointed in Samsung. I know that it, it, when you're giant, I guess the problem is you have a million resources, but you're also maybe a little less willing to take a huge risk because you can't really, you know, flub one too bad, although they flub the Note 7. But um, I, I was giving real consideration to buying a Note 9 even after my rant because they were, you know, it was like $500 trade-in. Costco had it for 950 bucks. I'm like, ah, man, 450 bucks, 500 bucks after tax, whatever. I could upgrade phones. I almost did it, and then these started getting announced, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm sticking to my guns because I think, like, when you look at the Chinese phones, all four of the ones we've named, the Oppo Find X, the um, Vivo, uh, the Mi Mix 3 now, and this, you know, Honor Magic 2, all their designs, they're not superior phones, but their designs are like a half generation ahead of what Samsung gave us this year. And yeah. I, I just, it's, you look at those designs and you're like, yeah, that's it. That's the future. That's the way we're headed. With the Samsung designs, it was like, yeah, they took a year off and then they gave us basically the same designs. And so, anyway, I, I think it's an interesting phone and they're throwing in the Kirin 980, which we'll probably discuss at the end of the podcast. So it's going to have a pretty bitchy processor and it, it definitely caught my eye. It, it's not something that I think will come to the United States probably in it's not something that I think I would ever buy, but I do have to give them credit for, from a design standpoint. It, it's, it's where it should be, and they're a lot further ahead in a lot of ways than most of the other OEMs. No notch, and a really nice design. So, yeah, both of those phones are on my radar for the Mi Mix 3 and the um, Magic 2 for design and everything else. Nice, and um, since we took a... Uh a little bit of a detour there. I'm going to take a little bit more of a detour because while you were uh, while you were talking, something popped up on Reddit that I almost died laughing about. So um, you you remember the the Kobe meme with all the new, the new Nike campaign with the you know believe in something whatever. Yeah, yeah, of course. So they have one in Our Thunder that popped up that says, "Please tell me you guys have seen this," and it's a picture of KD and it says, "Believe in something." Even if it means sacrificing nothing at all. 
your irrational hate boner for Kevin Durant is fantastic. And I give you huge credit for just never letting down. And I have to give mad props to the Thunder community for just vitriol every second of every day. That's a great fan base, as it should be. Let me uh, let me read you some of the comments. Um, this is the best one I've, I've seen. Uh, to be fair, he did give up his reputation of being anything other than a baby back bitch. <laughs> snake emoji. That's the response, the snake emoji. Uh, the next response is what appears to be nine poop emojis. Uh, and then the last, uh, there's another post with a snake emoji and a middle finger emoji. And then the last post, which only has two upvotes, which I'm kind of disappointed because I'm one of them, uh, he sacrificed his reputation. I mean, I think all of those are fine, although I think Baby Back Bitch is my favorite one. <laughs> um, but I feel like Durant's the kind of guy, he just feeds off of it at this point. Like, you remember when Lance Armstrong got caught cheating and his solution to that was to tweet out a picture of him lounging around on his couch in his freaking mansion with the seven Tour de France uh, yellow jerseys framed? Yeah. That's a big F you yeah, to everyone. Pretty much. I feel like I feel like that's basically the KD, the, his mentality as well would just be like, hey, you guys can eat all you want. I'm going to go back to my mansion and my millions and millions of dollars and, you know, live my awesome life while you guys all bitch on the internet. But I'm still on board. I'm on board. I think uh, I think Tupac said it best when he said, "I'm losing my religion. I'm vicious on these stool pigeons." <laughs> yeah. so I, I, the Thunder community is never going to let this go, and I, I I admire them for it. Nope, you're 100 percent correct. Um, so, do you want the G71 or do you want the yeah, let's G71? I think the XC3 is probably the most interesting. So, the G71 is basically, I feel like uh, LG said, you know. We have a lot of leftover chips from last year because the G6 didn't sell that well. <laughs> we should probably do something with these. Ouch. Boom, G7-1. Um, so it's basically, it's a G7 with an SA-35, right? Correct. And like less RAM? Is that what we're dealing with here? Correct. Four, well, it still has 4 gigs of RAM, but it's also got 32 gigs of internal storage. And it only has a single camera, not the... Uh, not the dual camera with the wide-angle secondary lens. It only has one um, uh, one camera lens. So not only did they go, hey, we got a lot of these uh, leftover CPUs, we, we also had uh, a few regular camera lenses, but not enough of the wide-angle camera. So let's throw this uh, janky one in there. So uh, what's the price point on this? Remind me, is it $4.99? Uh, not announced yet. So uh, this one basically boils down to price for me, but I don't hate it. One of the one of the main things that I don't like about LG phones is their skin. In fact, I would say amongst the main OEMs, it's probably the worst skin at this point. So basically, you're getting it's I pretty mean, bad. As, as an Android one, I mean, this is basically a Pixel two, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a Pixel two with a probably a slightly worse camera, but yeah. in every other way, it it is you know the yeah. guts are the same. Pretty, pretty much, uh, yeah. And you get that you you do get the new screen, you do get the new super bright LCD. Yes, and the same um, same battery as well. Yeah, and the same battery. So I, again, it would depend heavily on the price for me. But if same boobox is- boob speakers too. By the way, it keeps a headphone jack. It's got an SD card slot. It, in most other ways, it's the G7. It just basically they skimped and and cheaped out on a couple things, and then it's running Android One. Yeah, I don't hate it. I- if it comes out at seven hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, something's gonna yeah. break up. Yeah, you've lost your mind. But yeah. I mean, if it was four ninety nine or less, I don't know if I'd recommend it over every other phone on planet Earth. But for people looking for a specific 
thing. There's definitely a case to be made for this phone. I like it. It's Android One. It'll get fast updates. It has stock Android. Uh, again, the, the problem is you're competing against like the OnePlus Sixes of the world, which I think is a better phone overall. Yeah. So yeah. It really, it, it really depends on price. I mean, that's what it comes down to here. But I kind of like the strategy, and, and I almost wish. And I don't think they would ever do this, and it's too bad. But I wish next year, like LG strategy is also not really working as far as competing in the flagship space. I almost wish they would do like. They should just come out when they come out with the G8 and just say it's an Android One phone. Like, screw it. We're not doing a skin anymore. And now you have another phone on the market that is Android One. It gets fast updates. It doesn't have a skin. I mean, if the G7 had been an Android One phone, I think it would be a lot. It would have been a lot more interesting. And that's to me why it it actually would take the top spot as most interesting over even the XZ3 because I think that could be a strategy for LG. And I agree. I really, really like the G7, but their weakest point clearly was the software. And if it doesn't have those limitations, if it participates in the Android One program, and and I don't understand what the downside for LG with that with that would be. Like, wouldn't it just save them a ton of money in R and D as far as their software development goes? Like, I get maybe that they want differentiation, but that's why they did hardware things like the boombox speakers and the wide angle camera, which nobody else is really doing. So hang your hat on those hardware features, the super bright LCD display, like do those kinds of things and then go, Hey, we're going to give you a stock Android experience through Android one. You get updates, you get security patches, you get whatever they want to promise, you know, two years of support or whatever. And, and I agree. And I think if, even if they, you know, semi aggressively priced it, like you know, say that phone was, you know, six ninety nine. Uh, I would strongly consider buying it because Absolutely. it's got a really uh, it's got a really good hardware feature set and it's really really held back by the software at that point and without that limitation I think you're talking about a very strong compelling competitor yeah to even like the pixel devices which will except for the lowest end skew almost assuredly be more expensive so uh, yeah I, I agree I think if LG really kind of said hey we can save some money let's get rid of our R&D department in terms of software and we'll take that money out of the price of this phone, I bet you they'd move a lot more units. And to your other point, like, I think the reason they do have the scheme is, like, for differentiation, but differentiation isn't always good. Like, the Pontiac Aztec, it was different and it was fucking hideous. So, I mean, like, you know, being different in and of itself is not good. If you're different and better, that's one thing, or if you're different and you're bringing something new to the table, that's also like, okay, yeah, I get it. This is just different and shitty. Yeah. And it's like, no one wants different and shitty. You know what I mean? It's like... No, I agree. I agree. You become more of a curiosity at that point, right? It's like, yep. you know, a bearded lady is like, yeah, they're different, but it's like, <laughs> I don't want to date I don't want to date her, right? So, sure. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where whatever their logic is, I, all of the pros that you outlined, fast updates, stock Android, less money in development, would severely outweigh. Like, have you ever heard one person say, yeah, I only buy LG phones because I love their skin so much? Oh, no. Said Nobody no has said that ever. Said no one ever, yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's a failed strategy, and I think this would be a better one, and it would make their devices. Again, if they launched G8, and it was, to your point, 699 and Android One next year, that's a pretty interesting freaking phone. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think one that a lot of people would, would buy and would like a lot, as a matter of fact. XZ3. We've got Sony's first OLED panel, a 6-inch display with front-facing speakers, a single 19-megapixel camera, a selfie camera of 13-megapixel. It's going to run Android 9.0 Pi right out of the box. It's IP68 water and dust resistance rated. 
It's got flagships, uh, flagship chip in it, the 845, and it's got a flagship price, baby, $900. Okay. Make you holler. So, here's what I would say about this. Are you hollering Sony, yet? Are you hollering Sony, yet? Sony's done a horrible job with their phones since I can remember, like forever, <laughs> ever. They have no cohesive strategy. Their phones have not been competitive. They've been overpriced. I mean, literally anything you could do wrong, that's Sony. Um, and as a result, their mobile division keeps losing money like year over year. They seem to not understand why. Thank God they um, make good which is, TVs. Which is amazing. I will say this, though. I'm actually interested in this phone. Now, would I buy one for $900? No, fuck no, I wouldn't buy one for $900. <laughs> they're, they're out of their mind. But Explain yourself. The, Explain. Well, it's not better than other things. Like, look, again, I've chastised Samsung for the S9 and the S9 Plus, you know, for not doing enough and not moving the design. So on one hand, I'm like, oh, Sony, I really like this design. It's the best design they've ever done. I like that it's OLED, and it's not from LG. It's from, I think, GDI or something. So I'm really interested to see what the quality of the panel is. So that's all interesting and a step in the right direction. And, you know, as I said, the design did move. It's a better design. It's 18.9 yeah. and less bezel, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's, not, it's not boxy. It's got some more rounded corners to it, which looks really here's nice. The, here's the problem. It still has a lot more bezel than, like, the Galaxy S9 that I make fun of for not moving the needle enough. So it seems like a dick move to be interested in the Sony while at the same time chastising Samsung. But um, I think this is the best phone they've ever made, which it should be. It's the newest phone they've ever made. But I would actually say, I'll take that a step further and say, this is their first competitive flagship in again, like four or five years. I think this is a competitive flagship. $900, not so much. Competitive is loose here because they don't have any distribution in the United States and it costs $900. So maybe I should walk that back a touch. But I think as a total package, it can compete. And it has some interesting things and I like that they moved to OLED. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see more of the actual testing or reviews when it comes out. But I don't hate it. I think it's an interesting phone. And, Again, like of the phones that have released this year, it's when you're looking at like the total package of what it offers and what it comes with and all the boxes that it checks, it's amongst like the leaders as far as features are concerned. I would say it's right up there with the Samsung's. Yeah, I agree. Although I I need and I'm looking at a picture of the rear of the device. It's got kind of that same iridescent um, glass look to it too, which is really kind of the in vogue thing for this year and is really cool looking. But I need you to explain to me how someone thought at Sony that it was a good idea to put a fingerprint sensor dead center of the back of the phone. Now, I'm talking about mounting it in terms of its horizontal position. It's dead center of the phone, which may be in, I don't know, other than where it is on like the Note 8 and the Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus, maybe the single most awkward fingerprint position of any device I've seen this year. I mean, it's probably great for like people with carny hands or like our president with small hands because they can reach it. But for most other people, I agree, it's not a great spot. And Sony phones historically have had a problem with this. They had the fingerprint scanners and the power button for a couple generations only. They had to disable it in the United States because of a patent dispute. And so it didn't. It just didn't have a fingerprint scanner. So yeah, I agree. The placement's not ideal. Um, I will give. I will grant you that. But I still think. This phone is actually interesting. Like, I wouldn't have even bothered wanting to review any of their phones in a long time. If they had passed one along, I think I would have been like, yeah, I'll pass because you're not going to sell more than five of these in the United States anyway, and nobody cares because it's not a good phone. Whereas if I get my hands on one of these, 
I would be interested in doing so for a number of reasons. I mean, the panel alone has me interested. I would love to see what their panel looks like, what that analog looks like. But uh, the phone itself is like, it's not bad. $900, this is always a problem, though. They price themselves right out of the market. If this phone was $699 unlocked, then, you know, might give a long, hard look. Okay, so did did you really just make fun of carnival folk? Yeah, carnies, circus folk, small hands, smell like cabbage. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah, I'm not making an Austin Powers reference. Don't judge me. How dare you, sir. Um, and, and I agree. I, th- I think, like, if, I mean, obviously the, the comparison is not entirely apt because the last Pixel came out in October of last year. But if I said to you, would you rather spend 849 on a Pixel 2 XL or $900 on the XZ3, what are you going to pick? Uh, it would probably depend on, I would want to see some measurements on that actual panel first, mm. just to see how good quality, the screen is, yeah. but if the quality of that JDI screen is high, I think I probably would try the Sony. I mean, they, they had a good reputation for, like, Zippy software, um, their phones are fast, their cameras have not been as good historically, but this new sensor I do have some interest in, uh, over the Pixel 2 XL, you would get a design that I think is a little more interesting in some ways, um, the S845, so... It would be close. I mean, and so the Pixel 2 XL is kind of an outlier. It, it has a lot of intangibles going its way because it's a Google phone and gets supported for long periods of time. But, so, uh, for the record, but, okay with spending $900 on an unproven Sony phone, but not okay with spending $1,000 on the Note 9, which may be the whoa, best whoa, phone release. This was a here. hypothetical exercise. <laughs> I wouldn't buy either. I'm not buying a $900 Sony any more than I'd buy the $1,000 Note, and I also wouldn't buy a Pixel 2 XL. So you can cram it right up your ass. But, wait, 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 you know, wait, wait. Me, wait, 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 wait. You'd absolutely buy the Pixel 2 XL. No, I really wouldn't. Um, so when we're talking about a hypothetical exercise, yeah, that's probably what I would do. In reality, I wouldn't buy any of them. Henry, um, Roll- Henry Rollins says you're a liar. Uh, hey, I'm sticking. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm still rocking my Note Eight right now. I'm talking to you from it. Boom. I did not give in. Boom. I did not give in to Samsung. That was so- all of the phones from IFA 2018. Do you do you want to talk any more about the Kirin 980 announcement in the May? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would just say, May 20. I, I would. Yeah, I think the Kirin 980 announcement warns something. I would just say that. This is kind of the first, they're marketing it as the first 7 nanometer chip because everything else was 10 nanometers this year. I'm not actually sure the Mate 20 is going to launch before the new iPhones. So Apple may actually be the first to market, but this was the first announced. But yeah, it's 7 nanometers TSMC. It's um, 4A76 cores and 4A55 cores. And they're taking advantage of that new dynamic IQ, I think is what it's called, from. Um, where basically the two top cores, the A76, are actually clocked at completely different levels. This is similar to what uh, Qualcomm did with the Snapdragon 820. They had two, you know, the two sets of the high. It was four cores, and they were clocked differently. Oh, that's what um, it is. I was going to say, because I read something. This is what they're calling their new big, medium, little strategy, right? And it's, it's clever. I read the Enantech breakdown, and it's... The, the the middle cores, the smaller A76 cores, not smaller, that's the wrong phrase. Underclock, the, the lower yeah. clock, they're actually on a different voltage plane than hmm. the other high A76 cores. And so it, it, there actually is, I mean, we'll see what happens when it actually comes out as far as benchmarks and, and efficiency. Yeah, but power utilization, yeah. This is, this is like an actual, you know, not a breakthrough, but something that definitely could be a dividend as far as power usage. Hmm. And then on the GPU side, it's uh, the new G76 architecture. And it's a 10-core design. So they'll still be behind the Adrenos 
of the world as far as GPU is concerned, and I'll certainly still be behind Apple, but there's GPUs that I've always lagged behind, and this one might get them slightly closer. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of firsts on this chip, and it, to me, it's it's nice to see. I, I will say, I give them credit, I'm not the Android folk, like, they were the only people that brought out that are going to bring out, excuse me, a new generation chip this year. I mean, the Snapdragon 845 is really—it's still 10 nanometers, the same as last year. It wasn't really, you know, it was the new core architecture, but from a, you know, from the actual uh, design and everything, the, the process just made on that sort of searching for it. It was the same. So this is actually a breakthrough. It's a step forward. So I'm really interested to see benchmark cheating, notwithstanding how this chip does because based off of the early benchmarks like it's quite a bit ahead of the snapdragon 845 system the cpu side and you know we, we just saw a snapdragon 845 benchmark it looks like it's going to be you know that'll be right back to being pretty close but good for huawei for kind of being the first and pushing things a little bit this year this is certainly at least a half generation ahead it really is a full generation ahead as far as the architecture of the snapdragon 845 yeah. on the cpu side and using the newer process so uh, it's interesting, and it's going to be in their May 20 and May 20 Pro, which we think is going to be announced in October. Uh, while we're talking about upcoming things, I think our next podcast will be, we have a lot of stuff coming up, like the new iPhones get announced September 12th. Yep. Um, the new Pixels get announced October 9th. Correct. And the Huawei phones get announced sometime in October, October as 16th. well. Uh, we've seen the OnePlus 6T box already leak out. It does have that water drop notch that we talked about on a prior podcast yep. and in, in, in display fingerprint scanner it looks like so that that also gets to be a really interesting phone that probably will be announced in October November uh, um, I think October is the latest rumor and coming to T-Mobile yeah and then we, we also saw you know, we, we just talked about the Pixel but we actually did the Pixel 3 XL literally is like it's been for sale it got left in the back of a lift car earlier this week so I mean what a we, we've, complete we've foobar on the um, part Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it, it literally is the like mostly. I don't even know. It's, it's not even leaked at this point. It's just like it's just there. It's basically but, been announced. It's pretty much been announced. But we did see the Pixel Three finally kind of leak, and it's a neat phone too. So I, I'm, I'm excited. We know what we're getting. Uh, we know their like, we know their phones. They may have some other hardware stuff. Like there's a rumor of a new Pixel Book, maybe two. Um, there could be some revisions to the Pixel Buds. There could be. You know, like a Google Home Mini, Home Max style uh, hardware upgrade too. So there's some stuff we haven't seen, but their phone show basically has been completely ruined. Yeah, their phone show's ruined. We know what we're getting with the new iPhones. That's leaked thoroughly. We know we're getting with the new Mate phones. We know we're getting with the OnePlus. So like, all of these have been leaked thoroughly, but I'm still excited to see kind of what the final products are. Uh, One last note, Apple's naming convention is like AIDS. I don't understand what they're doing. Uh, the, the name it's bad. Apple, the name Apple iPhone XS Max, it it literally sounds it, it's made up. I mean, it sounds like a TV show, like you know, The Simpsons twenty years ago. Like, how do we name this product something completely ridiculous? And they would come up with a name like that, and that's actually the name. So, for clarification's sake, even though the Roman numeral is used, the official pronunciation should be iPhone XS Max, but no one is going to read it as 10 because no one reads That's the Roman right. numeral X as 10. They read it as X. So, absolutely, it's going to be pronounced the XS Max, which I think is ironic because considering what their starting price points will be, it will absolutely be maximum amounts of XS. 
Well, and the naming convention is just shit. So it sounds like we're going to get the excess light, the excess, and the excess max. And it's like, dude, just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> I don't even know, like, you skipped nine. Last year when you named these phones, we were like, what the hell is the strategy with this naming convention? It's just crap. I don't understand it at all. I'm, I'm prepared to make fun of them next week when we do that podcast. But, yeah, I mean, hey, this is the closing season to the end of the year. I'll be glad to get this freaking year out of the way i'm excited to see what's left but overall this year's left me like super cold on the phone front Absolutely. Um, i think i think Absolutely. the local 6t is actually the highlight that i'm looking forward to most if we're being honest but uh yeah maybe two uh, the pixel 3 and maybe the 6t for me yeah and just one more thing real quick before we sign off uh as i said our cat overlord ice universe has been tweeting about the galaxy s10 and it sounds like samsung's deciding they have a bunch of prototypes as you do um ranging from bezel list to like one with slightly smaller asymmetrical bezels compared to the S9 Plus and S9. And I just want to go on record as saying, if they use the conservative design again, if the S10 Plus and S10 will look like the goddamn S9 S9 Plus, I swear to God, I'm going to fly to Seoul personally and light their headquarters on fire. <laughs> I'm just... You, you know that I'm recording this, right? So I'm going to hold you to that? Yeah, well, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll have Kim Jong-un just take care of it for me. But it's like, seriously, they better not fuck this up again. Like, they, they took a year off. They took a year off. I mean, they did, like, their S year. They, they tried to get tough and get their Apple. And I've given them nothing but shit. But this was with the, like, you know, looking down the line going, well, the new design better kick ass. The Exynos 9820 better kick ass. This is their 10th anniversary design. The S9 sold like shit. Like, sh- surely they learned their lesson, and the S10 is going to be a fucking burner. And I swear to God, if they use some conservative design, I'm, I'm, I, I, it's going to really piss me off. Gonna, I'm, I'm holding out. I'm you, holding out. You're going to have to change I, your. Uh, you have to change your flair on Reddit from Samsung fanboy to something else. But it's tough because no one's building a phone that I want. How is this possible? Everyone's building the best phones they've ever built, and no one's building what I want. That's and I just sound like a whiny bitch, which I'm used to because I am kind of a whiny bitch, but it's like... That's fair. Can someone just build me a bezel-less phone with, like, the best Samsung screen and 8 gig of RAM and even 64 gigabytes of base storage SD card? Is any of this too much to ask? The answer appears to be yes. Absolutely. But Absolutely. That's what I want. Give it to me. So just a couple of quick hits, the last couple of things that were interesting to me from IFA. Uh, the LG... 88-inch 8K OLED TV has a resolution of 7680 by 4320. And TechRadar says this is a, you'll need a large room to house this TV, but it's worth checking out if only to see what sort of TV you'll be deciding on buying in 2022, which I think is hilarious. Um, it looks like you're looking through a window. I can't even fathom 7680 by 4320, but I definitely know right now that I need um, 8K on my next phone display. 8K on your phone display? Yep, need it. Yeah. Have it. I mean, why stop there? Let's just go 16K. <laughs> Screw it. 15K, 16K, whatever it takes. You'll be able to stream games at like half a frame a second. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Sony retuned their um, very popular noise canceling headphone, the WH1000X Mark III. Which, yeah, I saw this. From what I heard, is the best variant of this Sony noise canceling headphone, and it appears that they have really improved the noise canceling, and it makes it the um, comfy, stylish choice of uh, jet-setting world traveling world travelers everywhere. 
and uh, I think it's $350, but apparently is worth it uh, if you travel a lot, so you might want to take a look at that. Uh, Sennheiser has their Momentum True Wireless Earbuds, which look like um, your uh, Jabra Elite 65T, right? Yeah, which are great, by the way. And big, big shout out. They're on sale for like 120 bucks at Best Buy. Nice. We are not sponsored by them, but at that price, highly recommended. And uh, the Sennheiser ones are looks like two ninety nine, so definitely a little bit more expensive than that. But um, Vlad Savoff from The Verge, who's their headphone reviewer, said these were really, really good. So that seems like kind of a, a cool bit. So, uh, oh, there it is. The Honor Magic 2 teased. No notch, a pop-up camera, and a voice assistant known as... Yo-Yo. Is that what it's called? <laughs> is, it called, is, it called is it called Nobody Gives a Shit Even More Than Bixby, <laughs> which is impressive because no one gives a shit about Bixby? Because that's what it should be called. Why are we even building... Look, real quick, I'm going to go off on a rant. You shouldn't have done this, but it's like... Why, why the fuck... Are you sure, are you sure I shouldn't have? I'm pretty what? sure I should what? have. Why are people building voice assistants? I want you to answer me that because all of them suck ass except for Google's. Google owns this space... <laughs> Google has a solution. You're already using freaking Android, which has it baked in. Even Apple, with all their resources, can only give a sorry, stupid Siri, which is a fucking shitty assistant in comparison. And meanwhile, you have Samsung still trying to make freaking Bixby a thing, and now you have Huawei trying to build it. Dude, nobody cares. You, everyone uses the Google Assistant if they use it at all. There's no point in spending $1 of R&D on this. You're just annoying the fuck out of people. Take the easy choice and just use Google Assistant. And this goes for Samsung on the Note 9 too. You can't even disable the goddamn Bixby button. No one wants Bixby. Just make it a Google Assistant button and call it a day. Just admit your mistake. It's over. It's over. Stop it. So if the Honor Magic 2 has a dedicated yo-yo button, are you going to be happy about that? <laughs> God. <laughs> If it's a Yo-Yo Ma button, where I it plays soft viola music when I play it, that would be one thing. I was going to say, <laughs> you squeeze the Yo-Yo button, it just starts playing cello music. <laughs> it starts like, yeah, I thought it was viola, cello's even better, whatever. If it starts playing that, I'm on board. Anything else, they can burn. There's no reason for this to exist. That's it. Give me, give me cello or give me death. I think, actually, I think that's the place where we need to leave it. And uh, that's basically your recap from 2018 IFA. Uh, anything else you'd like to sign off with before we go, Sean? God damn these people. They should just run product decisions by me. I'll solve all their problems. Freaking when, idiots, when, but, will uh, they, when will these damn billion dollar OEMs <laughs> learn? Shit. Yeah, guys, it's not that complicated. Um, Eva kind of delivered this year. I'm impressed. Yeah, so, uh, I agree. Not I bad. We talked about it off air that I think this was one of the better years. And even though some of the stuff, well, hell, a lot of the phones, maybe all of them are ever going to come to the United States, at least there was innovation and there was progress. And that's something that we've been looking forward to from most of the OEMs that are bringing their phones to the United States. And for the most part, have been kind of a, everybody's failed to deliver so far, so... Talking to you, yeah. All right, yeah, all right. We're good. All right, my man. Have a good night. All right, I'll talk, talk to you guys. soon. That's our show for tonight, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. I know this was kind of a long one, but we made it through. Hopefully, you didn't tune out or didn't lose us when we talked about the thunder. As always, you can find all of our content over at SiliconTheory.com. Follow us on social. We are at Silicon Theory on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our YouTube channel. It's at YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Silicon Theory. Thanks again for listening, and remember, we will talk tech soon.